Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. You know, it's uh, when I think about this week, I think of our Lord's suffering and all that he came to do for us, it's not like any other past resurrection or passion week in times past. The world is just so crazy right now. The Lord is coming soon. And uh, it's not like last year or years before. Times are serious. Amen? We should pray before we get any more serious. Lord, we thank you. For this morning, we give you all the honor and praise for who you are, for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, you've given us eternal life through your son, Jesus. It's through him that we have life eternal. Lord, we are so blessed to know that it doesn't end here, but one day we will be with you in heaven. But Father, while we're here, you call us to occupy. You call us to be salt and light and to grow in the grace and knowledge of you. And so as we study your word, we pray to grow this morning. We pray to learn this morning, to be challenged this morning. We pray to be molded to be more in the image of your son, Jesus. Lord, give us humble hearts, Lord. I can do nothing without you. Pour out your grace. Pour out your spirit. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. So yeah, times are are heavy. Um, Things are changing almost every single day. Um, But we are grateful that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in control. The thing about Passion Week, it's prophecy, Scripture being fulfilled. His Word, His promises, all are fulfilled, really, uh, concerning the entire week. It's just God's divine scripture is being fulfilled in that week. The prophet Isaiah, or the prophet Zechariah, I should say, he lived around 500 B.C. He was a Levite that was born during the captivity of Israel in Babylon. We know that The Babylonians came to Jerusalem and destroyed the first temple of Solomon because the Israelites had sinned. Zechariah was was born there, and he would come back with about 50,000 Jewish exiles from Babylon back to Jerusalem. The The rebuilding of the temple had commenced, but it had slowed down because the people were discouraged. They were depressed because of the persecution. And Zechariah's ministry to them was to exhort them to continue the rebuilding of the temple. He encouraged them by speaking of Israel's future. He spoke to them the prophetic word that in the future, this temple that we are rebuilding, the Messiah himself, his glory, would indwell this temple one day. One day the Messiah will show up to this temple that you're rebuilding. And so they weren't just rebuilding the temple for their time and place. They were rebuilding the temple for the future. 
And his prophetic word to them inspired them so much that in zealousness and in diligence, they rebuilt the temple that was destroyed. In 515, it was completed. 550 years later, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And today we commemorate that day where Jesus came into the world specifically to save sinners. That's why he came. And he begins this Passion Week. The word passion speaks, it means suffering. This, this suffering that he would take on would be for sinners like you and me. We know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none that does righteous, no, not one. All of us have sinned. And so all of us are in need of Jesus Christ. He died on that cross to save sinners. But sinners must repent and put their trust in Jesus or there is no hope for them. A person who rejects Jesus Christ, when they die, they will be suffering an eternal damnation in torture for eternity. Not 30 years doing time. Not a life sentence down here. Eternity where there will be gnashing of the teeth, where the worm does not die, and where the fire is not quenched. They will not be there with their friends. They will not, they will be in isolation and they will be so inwardly tortured and regretful that they did not put their trust in Jesus Christ, who is the only means of salvation. And this week is about Jesus Christ bringing the only means of salvation. Amen. Luke 19, verse 28. When he had said this, he was uh, preaching on the parable of the Minas. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And so Jesus at this point is with his disciples and they are heading up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of uh, Unleavened Bread and the Passover, which all speaks of of his life. It was all a shadow of things to come. It speaks of the Messiah, that he is our Passover, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's on his way there. And he pulled, he had pulled his disciples aside a couple times and warned them that these things were going to take place. He said to them in, in uh, the previous chapter, Luke 18 verse 31, he said, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. And so he warned them. But as we know, they heard, but they didn't listen. They heard, but they would not accept that. They wanted the Messiah to really give them uh, freedom from their oppressive uh, Roman oppressors, which is redundant. <laughs> their oppressive <laughs> oppressors who, who oppressed them in taxes when they felt oppressed. They wouldn't listen to him, but he warned them. He warned them. The beautiful thing about our Lord, you know, allowing them to know, it just proves that Jesus is in full control. 
God's divine uh, directions and guidelines to everything that takes place is beautiful. It's divine. It proves that Jesus is in charge. The King of Kings is in charge in the story as we read it. Know that. He's not being hit by accident. He knows why he's there, why he was born, that he's going to suffer, be handed over to the Gentiles. They're going to beat him. They're going to spit on him. They're going to mock him. He's going to be crucified. But on the third day, he's going to rise again. He knows it all. He's in control. He's still in control today. The king, the nations of the world are raging. Our country is being devastated. They are destroying the dollar. Nations are aligning against our country, against our currency. The Chinese, the Russians have aligned with Iran, Saudi Arabia, and other countries are joining in to destroy the dollar. If it wasn't for the Christians around the world praying, loving God, God would destroy this place. We are the reason why judgment has not come. We are the restraining force. But we shouldn't panic because they're, they're telling us everything's going to, to become uh, controlled. We're going to be put in 15-minute cities where we're going to be surveillance and all of these things. I'm not tripping here. It's out there. It's all out there. They're trying to depopulize the world through vaccines and vaccinations. They're saying it out loud. The problem with the world is there's too many people. We need to kill them off. Satan worship is out there in the open. This world is crazy. And every single day, there's new news of immorality, of injustice, where God's morals are being tossed aside. We have to remember this week, our king was in control here. He knew what would happen to him and what would, what he would do on the third day. And he, and everything that's happening in the world right now, it has been written. The Antichrist is coming. It has been written. It's going to happen. And Jesus is going to come back as he came 550 years after Zechariah's prophecy, he arrives in Jerusalem. Paul said there's going to be a generation that doesn't die. That we who are alive and remain will be caught up in the air, in the clouds with the Lord to meet him and be with him forever. There's going to be a generation that gets zapped out of here and is with the Lord. I can't believe they're talking so much about UFOs and aliens because that's what they're going to blame it on. But it's the Lord. He wrote it. He's coming. And we need to be ready. I am so afraid for people. I'm even afraid for myself at times. I'm the pastor of this church and I'm asking God, remember me, please. Remember me, please, when you come back for your church. Don't leave me or my family behind. And I know he's going to take me, but I still say that in the weakness of my flesh. Please remember me. He is in control then, and he's in control now. I'm not going to say go sell your money and stock up gold and silver and 
dig a bunker and just, you know, really? I can't store enough gold to save me. Can you? I eat too much. <laughs> you know, we should be wise, but you know what? Don't stop giving. Not here. This house right here is being restored for God's use. And in the same way in Zechariah's time, you're rebuilding for the future. We are rebuilding this church for the future if he should tarry. That people can come in here and at least at this church they're going to get truth and not a seeker-friendly pastor. They're going to get the word, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. They're going to get it. They're going to be warned about the times they're living in. Not just keep everything fluffy and Easter egg hunts out back. I'm serious. I'm not here to build a business. God is coming back and he's called me to pastor. He's called you to Christian, to be a Christian, and to be real, because many people are going to be left behind, I believe, who thought they were going to go. I really do. And it's going to be scary. And the only way to go to heaven once the church is out of here is to be killed for Jesus' name. I believe that our family and friends are going to be so regretful when we're gone. And they're, they're not, they're going to scavenge for food, not wanting to take the mark of the beast. They're going to be so regretful that when they give their life to Jesus Christ, they're going to be more than happy to die for him. It's, they're going to be so regretful that they didn't listen to you. They didn't listen to me. I mean, there's Christians out there who hardly go to church. Hard, don't serve, hardly go to church. All of the, they make up their, their excuses as to why they're okay with God. My job is not to say, hey, you know what? You said the prayer years ago, but God understands your situation. You, you know, you're exempt from being here with all of us. See you in heaven. I can't give somebody that false sense of security. I got to warn them. I wouldn't feel too comfortable if I cannot come to church for a year. And there's people out there. And you and you know what? We have to stop being fake with our family and friends. Oh, they believe, but they don't. Do anything. Tell them the truth. Chances are you're not in. Be in. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tide, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus... You shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. Again, beautiful divine instruction told two of his disciples, go into the town opposite you. You're going to see a colt that's tied. No one's ridden on it before. Bring it to me. And if they ask you anything, tell them I have need of it and they'll release it. How did he know all that? Because God's in control. 
God gives us instruction sometimes that people around us would think, oh, that's crazy. He would never ask you to do that. Plant a church? That's crazy. You have a job at Caltrans. Plant a church? You know how much work that is? Listen, he who called you is faithful who will do it through you. God called everybody in this room to follow him. God tells us all that he, he, he wants to make us fishers of men. That he wants to use your life and mine to share the gospel with people. He calls all of us in here to pitch in and to help and to serve in the church. Not some, all of us. All of us. And then you might be saying to yourself, well, I can, or I have limitations, or, you know, uh, I don't have the talent, I don't have the strength. Biblically, show me where that's an exempt to not do what God says to do. If he tells us to go in another town to grab a donkey that's tied there, you're going to see him. He's going to provide the donkey. He's going to provide whatever is needed. I used to wonder, how will I ever go full time as we planted this church 14 years ago? My wife would say, man, you know, don't ever leave your job, Ryan, until, you know, we have a medical insurance, dental, retirement. And the Lord provided all of that through the church. One day he did. But look at you are sitting in provision right now. It's a miracle we're in this place. We bought this in May. We received this during COVID when they were trying to shut down churches. We stayed open. Don't believe the hype. Public enemy said years ago. I was in the punk scene. I was a gang member for 10 years. I was used to not trusting the government. So as a Christian, am I just going to like forget some of the good things that I learned along the way? <laughs> All these doctors and scientists and politicians being censored, big tech censoring. Man, it's the twilight zone. It's a virtual prison. And the Lord just said, you know, it says in his word, oh, be wise as serpent, gentle as doves. These nations are going to rage against who? Against our king. He's going to judge the nations. Why? Because they hate him. But yet Christians follow the nation's leaders as if they're God. They're not. Listen to the Lord's directions in your heart. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you what to do. And trust Him. He'll provide for you. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the energy. Don't say, oh, next year I'll start serving Him. Or next year. There's some people who never serve the Lord. Why? Because they're exempt. And I'm afraid for people. I'm afraid they're going to be left behind. You read some of His parables. When the master of the house comes, may he find them so doing, distributing the meat, distributing the, 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 the food to the servants. What did you do with the minas? What did you do with the talent? What are you doing? And what does he say to those who don't do anything? Take that wicked and lazy servant. That's what he says. So I'm not here to, for people to, to like me. I'm here to do the Lord's will. 
Listen to him and obey him. What is he asking you to do? He will provide all of your needs to accomplish it. I'm not up here because of talent. I'm not up here because of anything else but the grace of God. He took the, the he took a fatherless kid, abused kid, violent kid, perverse kid, changed his heart, changed his life, and began to teach me how to read and empowered me to, to speak his truth. It took a lazy kid, taught him to be diligent, to work hard, because fatherless boys don't know a lot. They get all their information second, third hand. Every interview I went to, there was no father I can say, what do you think? I went in there not knowing how to do anything. That's why the Lord says that he, re- he relieves the fatherless. He relieves them. Because there's a lot to be relieved of. I don't know how to do anything. But now look at where I'm at now because of his grace. So there's no excuse making in this room. He's coming back. Just serve him and get thy over thyself. You know, when the Lord uh, told him to grab the colt, no one had written on this guy before. And he didn't kick the disciples. We're not told. Jesus has power over creation. He said to the storm, be still. And it stood still. He walked on water. There's control to what God does. That colt behaved fantastic. I have a soft spot for donkeys. I think every Christian should. Horses are nice. But our Lord cruised into Jerusalem this day 2,000 years ago on a cool colt, a donkey. I love them. They look cute. They look funny. And uh, they're blessed in Scripture. I'm reminded of Balaam's donkey. You know that story in Numbers 22. It's the only animal that ever spoke, guys, in Scripture. An animal spoke, straight up spoke, and it was a donkey. Balaam was a perverse man set to destroy the children of Israel. And in Numbers 22, uh, he was riding a donkey, and the Lord sent an angel to kill him off, to kill him. For his perverseness. And the donkey resisted going down the path. Donkey could see the angel, but Balaam couldn't. This tells us about our pets, man. You never know what they can see. They freak out sometimes. And then uh, and then he crushed his leg at one time. Oh, and Balaam beat him. And then he just sat down and wouldn't go anymore. He beat him three times. And then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. This is what he said to him. What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? And Balaam, this is crazier. Balaam actually spoke back. (laughs) He said to him, you have abused me. I wish there were a sword in my hand for I would kill you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden? 
ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he said to Balaam, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me uh, and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would also have killed you by now and let her live. Donkeys. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.